0: Good morning, Doris Phil. It is such a pleasure to be with you here today. i want to tell you that. I'm not sure. They say some guy showed up and preached last week. I'm not sure it was me. I'm not sure where I was, but it was somewhere out in La La Land. I know that. But it is so good to be with you today. God bless you for coming. Let me just do a little like, like before we get into the sermon kind of thing. Uh, two things. First off this, uh, we have uh, David, Cham- uh, David and Tammy Chambers with us today. You don't know them. But a long time ago, before I had gray hair, I knew David. Um, Met him when I went to Cobden right after that, about 86, 87, somewhere in there. I think probably he was still in high school and then later joined the Navy. And we've just stayed in touch. And they're here today. And I'm just very pleased to have them with us as our special guest today. And their mom and dad were just incredible people. His dad was one of the kindest people. He was a plumber, Jonathan. And uh, you know know what, Jonathan? When he did things for me in my house plumbing-wise, they always went right. Yo, whenever, well, when I just, I'm, not, I'm just saying, I'm, not, I'm just saying, whenever I call Jonathan, hey Jonathan, I need something. He goes, oh gosh, because it never goes right. I mean, it's Murphy's Law in action at the Taylor household at 217. But Jim was just an incredible man, and Janie was the cook in, in Cobden. I mean, she did our funeral dinners and stuff, and that woman could cook like no tomorrow. And I'm looking forward. Both them knew Jesus. They're both in heaven now. Looking forward to seeing them again. But Dave and Tammy, we are certainly glad to have you. And then I want to share one thing with you. Yeah, go ahead and give him a round of applause. Make him feel special. Even if he is a Navy guy, not an Air Force guy. Even if, even if, you know, with all my heart, I believe something today, and I want to share it with you. This morning, I got up and um, didn't have the stomach flu. Yay! <laughs> you know, and um, but I got up this morning, and as I was studying, I just realized the potential truth of this message, how important it was. So after I stayed a while, I went downstairs, Judy was up, and she was down in the living room, and somewhere in the process of the conversation, I said, Judy, you know what? You know, today, there are going to be people giving blood who need to hear this message. And I said, man, I just, you know, I hate that. Satan will use that thing to keep someone from getting some truth that they need to live today. That really bothered me. So I'm driving up today. And, and here comes the, the uh, Bloodmobile truck and the van. And Judy goes, I wonder where they're going. I said, oh, they're going around there and park. I get in and they cancel the blood drive. Yeah. I, now, yeah. Now, now, let me just tell you something. Now, hang on. I know some people are disappointed. But I happen to believe that my God and your God is great enough to know, you know what? That's true. I'm going to take care of that. And there'll be another day to give blood. But I've got the stinking suspicion that God arranged that for someone here, someone's here, to hear this message. I think it's incredibly... Important. As you saw on the video, and you see it there, guardrails and fences. What was going to be a one-part message is now two. We'll spend it over to next week. But I started thinking about how important it is that we have things in place in our lives that keep us from danger zones. You know, guardrails are beside the road. You know, particularly on uh, you know where there's deep ditches. And if you ever been in Smoky Mountains, they put a lot of guardrails there. Um, perhaps there's there's you know on a bridge there's a place there where you won't go over to the creek if you leave there. And the purpose of that guardrail. Is to keep you from going. You may hit that guardrail and cause some damage, but it keeps you from catastrophe on whatever is on the other side. Fences are the same way. Fences are there. You know, one of the reasons that you see a white fence in our yard is is that we had grandchildren and we wanted our kids to have at least some protection away from the traffic. If you're a farmer, you put you put uh, fences up to keep your cattle from eating your. Your neighbor's crop, you know, Danny Evans said, you know, fences make good neighbors. And what he means by that is, you know, if your cattle get in your neighbor's corn crop and, you know, stomp it down, he's not going to be real happy. So both guardrails and fences provide protection from things that could ultimately hurt us. So today we're going to concentrate on these three words. Warning, sin kills. Warning, kills. Sin kills. Now I know, I know. There really are some crazy warnings. There's there's ones we laugh about. I, I don't know if we'll make it all through all twelve, and don't let that number scare you. But but you know, throw up our our, our crazy warnings here. Uh on bowl fresh, you know, toilet cleaner. Safe to use around pets and children, although it's not recommended that either be permitted to drink from the toilet. Listen, now I have our dogs sometimes do that, but your children never should. Okay, all right, what's next here? Give us another one. All right, hair coloring. Do not use it as an ice cream topping. Now, these are actual warnings off a of price. Give us another one. All right, uh, earplugs. These earplugs are non toxic, but may interfere with breathing if caught in the windpipe. Duh, hello, give us another one. All right, mattress. Listen to this. Warning, do not attempt to swallow. Now, I know some pastors have some really large mouths, but baby, it ain't that big. All right, number five. Number five, fix a flat. Warning, do not weld can to rim. Okay, six. Uh, toilet plunger, I love this one. Do not use near power lines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think of the cat, the Statue of Liberty with a plunger, you know, up there. Alright, what else? We got number eight here, number eight, number eight, number eight, go ahead. Night all sleep aid. warning, may cause drowsiness. Uh, I think that's what, just some of my sermons too, but hey, you know, that's supposed to happen with night all. What else? What else? Alright, all right, listen, listen, RCA television remote control, not dishwasher safe. I mean, if you know, if you get the stomach flu, bleach wipes, not the dishwasher, right? Number 10, air conditioner. Avoid dropping air conditioners out of windows. OK, sure. All right. Number 11. All right. This is an iron morning. Never iron clothes on the body. Hey, listen, I know some people have tried this. I know. I know. I've been tempted. All right. Well, you know, the steam thing, psh, 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 you know, all right. No, listen, I love this one. No, I wish Mark Planning was here is listening. Dremel electric tool. This product is not intended for use as a dental drill. I, I haven't thought about that, you know, going in you know, I'm a little bit tight sometimes, you know, and and, and walking to Higgs office and going, can you fix my cavity for me, Higgs? Here, here's my Dremel, you know, I don't think so. I don't think so. Dr. Flanagan knows, you know, if I get my teeth cleaned, I want general anesthesia, you know, I, I want all the way. OK, so so there's some crazy warnings out there and you laugh at those and go, those are just nuts, you know. And then then there's warnings intended for others. Let me give you an example. As you drive over toward Galatia, there's something called the, I think it's the Raleigh Curve. Okay? And you go around this curve, and on each end, if I'm not mistaken, there's a sign there. And it has this arrow that points like this way, and I think it says 45 miles an hour. Now, particularly we men, but most of you ladies, we all know that's not for us. I mean, my Grand Prix, maybe 12 years old. It loves that curb at least 55. I even lean, just like, you know, just like a race car driver. I just lean into the curb of that puppy. That's not intended for me, but it is intended for coal trucks loaded down. We found out not too long ago, a guy found a coal truck in his front yard because the driver took the curve a little bit too fast, load shifts, and over it goes. And even a Grand Prix. With a little bit of black ice on the curve, we may be singing the Air Force song. Off he goes into the wild blue yonder. So some warnings are intended for others, but we need to be careful. But then then there's some warnings that are drop dead warnings. You know, if you violate this, it's going to cost you. You're going to die. You know, the the warnings behind these electrical stations, sometimes kids want to play around electrical stations with these high voltage stations. You know, when you see that, that's because, man, you're going to die. If you touch the wrong wire, it is all over but the funeral. So there's different kinds of warning. And God's word gives us today that kind of warning. It says, sin kills. Now, there's a verse in the Bible, um, Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23, the first part. And here's what it says. The wages of sin is death. Now, I think we all know, but just in case, wages are something that's earned. So, so God's Word says that, that if you're a sinner, if you commit a sin, okay then there's a payment for that sin, and that thing is called death. Now, there might be someone listening on the radio, probably not anyone here in the audience, but there might be someone listening on the radio this morning who go, you know what, that is a, like, religious term, and I don't buy into the religious thing. I'm one of those people, you know, there's not a God, so I don't need, you know, I don't know what sin is, don't care what sin is, because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. I'm going to die, and I'm going to rot in a grave somewhere. The end, song over. That's your choice as an American. I just need to tell you something. About 91% of Americans, 91% of Americans believe there's a God. So if you are out there today and you're one of those people that say, don't believe in God, you're in a really small minority. And this is one time, not always, but maybe one time you might want to pick your ears up today as we talk and just consider the fact that you know what, maybe 91% and the 9% is wrong. In fact, the Bible even says in Psalm 14, it says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. It's a very foolish thing, God's word says, to say that there is no God. So we want to look at today about sin and, and what it is and how it kills. And it's hugely important for all of us. You just hang with me. This morning. Now, to discuss about sin, what sin is, and to define sin, we kind of need to go back to the beginning. Now, we had a couple of parents named Adam and Eve, and God created them, okay? And, And God said, Now here's the deal. All these trees and all the fruit that you see in the garden chow down. But there's one. See that tree over there? That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I think, by the way, just the fact that God designated that tree is what made it special. It could have been that tree, that tree, or that tree. But when he said, you see, that tree, that became the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, that tree, you cannot eat of it. In fact, here's the deal. If you eat of that tree, you're going to die. And you kind of know the story what happens. But you may ask, so... Why did God give them a choice? Why didn't God just say, okay, you can eat of all the trees, nothing's off limits. And the answer is this. Now listen carefully. God was a creator. And there were many things. The Bible said even that creation shouts his praise and worships him. But God wanted a creation that chose to worship him. He wanted a creature that willingly chose to worship him. And the only way that could happen was for them to have a choice to obey or not to obey. And that's the reason that the tree was given. And that's the reason the rule was given that Adam and Eve could choose to obey or not to obey. And here's what the Bible says. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on that day you eat of it, you will certainly die. So what's sin? Now, let me, let me tell you this. Some of y'all say, well, Dwayne, I differ on my theology just a little bit. See, Dwayne, I think I do mistakes. You know, like, you know I'm, I'm sleeping with a guy and I'm not married to him. I'm living with a person and we're not together, we're not married. Okay? Um, I, I got this little habit on the side that costs me a, a, you know, about $100 a pop every time I do it. And, and see, those are just mistakes I make, see? Nah. Now, a mistake is when you do your checkbook and you're off by $20. Those are mistakes. A sin is when we violate the character of God. God is holy and He has set a standard of holiness. And whatever it looks like, whenever we violate that standard, then we sin. Now, if you wanted to go to the Word of God, and really the Word of God, I understand, is given to the believer, to, to people in covenant relationship with God... But one of the purposes of the law is to tell us where we're wrong. For instance, God said, thou shalt not lie. And when you thou shalt not lie and you lie, then you sin against God. And these are not the only ones. God says thou shalt not commit adultery. You shall not sin sexually. And when you sin sexually, you sin against God. Hey, students, God's word says you're supposed to respect your mom and your dad. And when you choose not to respect your mom and dad, that is a sin. Uh, God's word says you shouldn't, and you know, bear false witness, and when you bear false witness, when you say something that's uh, untrue about someone, then that's called a sin. And it goes on and on and on. So sin is when we do something in action or attitude that violates the character of God. Now this question: Who sins? Who sins? Well, again, we're going to the story in just a moment, but I'll I'll give you a little preview. Adam and Eve did. and, And like bad genes, anybody got bad genes? You know, some of you guys, some of you guys can like eat whoppers seven times a day and your cholesterol is like zero. Dwayne's not one of those. Dwayne looks at a whopper and his cholesterol goes up 20. I mean, my dad died at 62 with heart attack. My mom at cancer was 62. I mean, you're looking at the poster child for bad genes. And that stuff was passed on from my dad and mom to me. I'm on cholesterol medicine, blood pressure medicine. I exercise pretty regularly. I really do kind of watch what I eat. But if I come off those two medicines, my genes say, no way, Jose, blood pressure goes up and cholesterol goes up. Well, in the same way, we've inherited a sin nature from our original parents. And so each one of us is born with a sinful nature. And then... At some point in our lives, and now it's probably seven, eight, six, who knows? There comes a time when we know what is right or wrong, and we willfully disobey God. And from that point, we're sinners by choice. We're sinners by nature, and then sinners by choice. Now the Bible's real clear. It says in one of the verses we're memorizing in our Romans road, in Romans 323, it says, All have sinned. Say all have sinned. Now, now I think all is pretty inclusive, so that means everyone, no matter who you are, has sinned. All of us have sinned. In fact, it says in no way in Romans three ten, it says that there is none righteous. No, not one. So all of us, in fact, Bible goes on says this: no one even seeks after God. We don't even want to be righteous. Okay, so here we are. We all then have sinned, and what's the result of sin? Death. Death. Now, write this down if you're taking notes. If you take nothing home today but this, take this home. Whatever sin touches, dies. Whatever sin touches, dies. What's the result of sin? Death. God said, if you choose to disobey me and you eat from this tree, when you violate that, you're going to die. And sure enough, that's what happened. And Eve were, you know, sitting in the park one day there in the garden. And, uh, you know, serpent, Satan, there's a serpent, serpent slithers up and says, hey, how you doing? And he said, doing fine. Thank you. How are you? How, doing good. Great. He goes, um, you know, did, did, did God really say that you couldn't eat of the trees of the garden? You know, did he really say that? You know, casting doubt. And, and then you know, Eve goes, oh, no, 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 no. God said we just couldn't eat from that tree because we that tree we're going to die. And the serpent goes, he is lying to you. You're not going to die. He knows that when you eat of that tree, you're going to be like him. And Eve looks at it, you know, and says, you no, know, it really does. Yeah, Here, knows when you're on a diet, food just looks better. You know, I mean, every, even turnip greens look good. You know, even, even, even you know, like, like beets look good. So she looked at it and said, you know, that is an incredible piece of fruit. And it's appeasing to the eye. So she eats and then gives it to Dodo over here and Dodo named Adam. He eats, too. And then at that point, sin came into the world. At that point, they died. They became eternally. Hopelessly. Helplessly separated from God. Nothing they could do could restore that relationship. Here's what it says in the word of God. Romans uh, Revelation twenty fourteen through 15. Death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The lake of fire. So it was passed on, The sin nature was, and every one of us are born spiritually dead. And unless something happens, we will die a spiritual death. And that means being eternally separated from God forever and ever and ever and ever. And by the way, another amazing number, Jesse, is this. About 78, 79% of Americans believe in heaven. About 46% believe in hell. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to go To hell. But the truth is this. There is a God out there. And we have sin. And the wages of sin is death. And because we've chosen sin and are born sinners, we are separated from God. And all the church you can do and all the baptism you can do and the good works you can do. Nothing can change that. You say, well, Dwayne, I'm just not that bad. I mean... I mean, I may slip up every once in a while, but I'm one of the good guys. Well, here, let, let me help you. In the rest of that verse, in verse 15 in Revelation 20, and anyone, say anyone. See, anyone's another word for everyone. Anyone not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. See, hell's not about being bad and heaven good. I tell the folks at Judgment House if heaven was about being good, no one would be there. Because everybody sinned. Heaven is about forgiving people. You see, if, if you're counting on going to heaven because you're moral, you're just not that moral. If you're heaven, you know, if you're counting on heaven because you're good, you're not that good. If you're, if you're counting on re- religion to get you there, you're not that religious. Because of sin. And hell's not about being bad. Hell's about Unforgiven sin. Hell is about rejecting Jesus Christ. Hell is about not having your name written in the book. That's it. See, people say, well, how could a loving God send people to hell? Excuse me. He sends no one to hell. And your rejection of Jesus Christ, you send yourself to hell. It was sin introduced by man that spoiled the world. And God did. God could have said, forget it. You're on your own he didn't, he made a way. And the way includes everybody. The way includes, you know, white people and black people, you know, uh, Asian people or Hispanic people. The way includes people who are like dirt, dirt poor and people who are filthy rich. It includes people that say, I've gone so far. There is no way that God would ever even like me, much less love me. And it includes people who go, God likes me, I know, because I'm a good person. God made it all inclusive. And that way, it's fair. See, the rest of that verse is, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Someone had to die for sin. Someone had to pay the penalty for our sin. Someone had to take the full wrath of God. That the payment of sin could be made, you know what God did. He knew the penalty, and then paid it Himself. How did He do that, Dwayne? His Son became flesh. The Word became flesh. The Bible says in John chapter one, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. In truth, we call it Christmas Day. The day God became man. And this, this God-man, 100% God and 100% man, walked a perfect, sinless life. And then. And then he was nailed to a cross, not in a plan gone bad, but a plan perfectly executed by God. He was nailed to a cross. He shed blood. And the moment was right. He cried out and said, it is finished. And then he the Bible says, he yielded or gave up his spirit. He died. I love the part where it says, Jesus said, I have power to lay my life down and power to take it back up again. And when he died that day. All, first of all, the Bible is clear. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Therefore he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteous of God. So he became sin. And the full wrath of God was poured out on him on that cross. He paid the price for the sin. And the cool part is, three days later, he got up. He got up. He became alive again and alive forevermore. That's how you get your name written in the book. You know, the Bible says that even though we were sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't say, Get better and I'll forgive you. He said, Just come. Just come. Put your faith in my son. Believe what he did was enough to get your name written in the book. And Paul put it this way He said in Romans chapter 10, 9, and 10, that if we conf- confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, And believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we can be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. And he said this, Whosoever will may come. He swings the door wide open and says, If you'll believe in my Son, come into relationship with me. And that's how you get your name written in the book. Now, you know my story. 21 years in church. Lost as you can get. Religious, you better believe it. I've never puffed a cigarette. I've tasted alcohol one time in my life. And that's at a wine, a a toast in the Air Force, David. I was plenty moral. I was just lost. And then October 26, 1975... I met the man who died for me. And I've never been the same. And my name is written in the book of life, not because I'm a preacher, not because I'm white, not because I'm good, not because I'm religious, not because I'm a pastor, not because I'm a good guy. My name is written in the book because of God's incredible, amazing grace demonstrated on this cross. That's why. That's why. And some of you here so desperately need to hear that because sin is killing you. You're already dead spiritually. And one day, if you don't do something with Jesus, you're going to be eternally separated from God. I know you didn't sign up for that. I ain't asked to be born, you're saying. Well, that's the hand you've been dealt. You're born. You have a simple nature. You sin by choice. But there's a God who incredibly loves you. And made a way that that sin can be forgiven. But it requires action on your behalf. You've got to put trust and faith in Jesus Christ. At the end of our service, we're going to give you that opportunity to do exactly that. Incredible. 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 So the penalty was paid. The penalty was paid. In fact, even in Genesis 3, way back in Genesis, God said, You know, I'm going to send a sacrifice. Okay, I'm going to send a sacrifice. And Satan, he's going to bruise your head. You're going to bruise his heel on the cross. You're going to wound him, but he won't stay dead. But ultimately, Satan, you're going to die in the lake of fire. He even, God even took animal skins. The first animals slain in the world were by God Himself, who made a covering for Adam and Eve. Because the Bible says, that the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. But the penalty was paid. And many of you here today can have a witness, have received that forgiveness. Many of you have. But here's something that you've got to understand that remains. Two things. Choice. And everything that sin touches dies. See, Adam and Eve originally had a choice to obey or disobey God, and that affected their eternal condition. But even once the penalty is paid for our sin and we are given the power to say no to sin every day. Am I right? Every day we are given opportunities in this world to choose to obey God or to disobey God. Every single day. So we're faced with that choice. And here's what I don't think we understand, guys. We don't understand this. That whatever sin touches dies. See, sin is so much more than whoops, I broke the rule. Sin has consequences. And when we sin, something dies. It could be as small as you told a lie and got caught at it. And you you made it known you're a believer. And a part of your integrity Died that day. It could be as funny as you're late for work and you're going too fast and Hobie decides to make your day. And pulls you over and all the, you're you, know, you have to be the pastor. And all the church members, uh, you know, no, the worship leader, that's more fun. The worship leader and all the cars drive by and going, isn't that Dave Hicks car? And part of your integrity dies. It it could be that you decide that you think you can cheat the IRS and there's a big audit. You you think you can steal and get away with it and there's headlines. You think you can sleep around and somehow God's going to go, didn't see that one. You think you can cheat on your husband or wife and have an affair and it's all going to be okay. Something dies. Are you getting this? Are you understanding what your pastor's telling you? We have somehow in America, in the Christian culture, become pretty cozy with sin. And we somehow, because God's forgiven us, we somehow just think that it'll be alright. And it's not alright. If you're saying sexually right now, I'm looking you dead in the eye. You are sinning against holy God. And your testimony is so full of holes, no one wants the Jesus you want. If you're living a life, a double life, and your life is filled with pornography, filthy junk, God sees that. And it offends Him. And it reminds the very person you claim to be as a husband, as a father, or a mother, or a wife. kids, I tell you what, I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it. On church on Sunday. Let's praise Jesus on Friday night, drunk out of their brains. And our excuse is all the students do it. I got an email or talk to somebody on Facebook this week. She's talking about how Christians make other people cry. And it turns out her daughter was being made fun of at school by Christian girls. Is it any wonder the world doesn't want what we're selling? And God is grieved. God is grieved. We literally make a mockery of the blood that was shed that we could have this forgiveness. How does it happen? Now, I'm going by the sermon sheet. That's why I'm not using a lot of the references. But listen to James chapter 1. Each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed. So, So James is saying, so how does this happen? How does the temptation develop into something more? All right. Each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. So what happens is... We see something and it looks enticing. Now, I will say this and you can disagree with me, but and that's okay. But can we just be honest for a moment? There's pleasure in sin. There's pleasure. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews talking about Moses, how Moses turned away from this, that sin has pleasure for a season. Sin has pleasure for a season. Oh, come on, come on, come on. You've got something on somebody no one else has got. Come on. There's a certain pleasure in getting on the phone saying, hey, have you heard? You're the first one to get the uh, spread, the, the juicy morsel. Come on. Come on. You know someone did something. They're one of those people I just talked about. You know, drugs, sex, alcohol, whatever it is. And you've got the rock. And it's just some pleasure in saying... I may be a sinner, but I'm not guilty of that one. Let's chuck rocks. Come on. Come on. We know him. Can we be honest? You don't know why there's a pandemic of sexual sin in America? You know why that the divorce rate's half of what it is? I mean, same thing as it is in the world. You don't know why there's so many affairs and sexual sin, while some of you can sit here week after week with sexual sin in your life and it doesn't bug you? Because you say, hey, come on. It's the world we live in. And it's pleasurable. She wants me. He wants me. It's pleasurable. There's a certain pleasure in sin. And that's what James is saying. We are we are enticed by our own evil desires. You want to say, well, if I... Hollywood wouldn't produce that stuff. I wouldn't go see it. I don't see a gun to your head. If they wouldn't sell those nasty DVDs, I wouldn't buy them. I don't see a gun to your head. If she hadn't come on to me, I wouldn't have said, come on. I don't see a gun to your head. Yeah, but if they hadn't done that, I wouldn't have judged them. I don't see a gun to your head. No, the truth is, we sin because there's pleasure in it. Then, James says in verse 15, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. So we are... Had this desire in us. We're not happy in our marriage. We're not happy in our relationship with God. We're needing to feel better about ourselves. So we give in to that desire and we sin. We don't make a mistake. We sin. And then what does James says? Then sin, when it was fully grown, gives forth to what? Death. Sin kills everything it touches. Integrity, character, testimony, marriages. Everywhere you look, sin is killing things. What are we going to do with that? What are we going to do with that? See... Brothers and sisters, part of this, part of this was the penalty of sin. But part of this was power over sin. Do you understand what I'm trying to say, Brent? I'm trying to say that before you were met Jesus, you were powerless against sin. But since you met Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives within you, then am I right that you had the power to say no to sin? Am I right? Right. That's what I'm saying. That when we met Jesus, when we said, yes, Jesus is Lord, he gave us this incredible gift called the Holy Spirit. And now we have the power to say, I don't think so. We have the power not to call him or her back. We have the power to call and say, you know, the sleeping arrangement, it's over because it's offending my holy God. Can I have a witness? Uh, the, all of a sudden, the gossip thing, the gossip thing is over. I was listening to uh, Johnny Hunt. Some of y'all know that name. He's a pastor at First Baptist Church Woodstock. He said, a pastor called him and said, hey, said, um, I need to write. I need to ask you a couple questions. Can I, can I make an appointment to come see you? And Johnny Hunt said, um, just email him to me. He said, I can't. He said, he said, yeah, yeah, you know, you've emailed me stuff before. You can, you can email me. He goes, no, I can't. Well, why can't you? I sold my computer. And Johnny Hunt said, I didn't know the guy was in financial condition like that. So he said, man, are things bad financially? He said, no, I couldn't handle it, so I sold it. Now, somewhere along the line, and I don't know what the problem was with the computer, whether he's just addicted to surfing the net or was in some junk he needed to be in, but the bottom line is, that pastor reached a point where he said, enough, and he made the choice to say, no! And Church of Dorsfield and First Baptist and, and a Bankston Ford, and the Methodist Church downtown, God's holy people, it's time to say, No! No! Uh, you know, guys, this why is it in 2012, this is weird preaching. Why is it that some of y'all are saying, boy, he's still got that flu. We like, he was a lot nicer last week when he's half sick. <laughs> you know why? Because our society's in the tank. And and again, you're going to, should I tell you that we're going to get more of this next week? Forget I said that. We're going to do some real practical things next week. But because society's in the tank, then we as Christians have accepted society's mores, social law. As long as society, society says it's okay for you to live together, so it's supposed to be okay with God. Well, since when is God controlled by society? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God said, listen, just in case you're sitting there with a pretty smug going, that's right, preacher, let them people have it. Case, don't forget I'm talking about gossipers, too. Don't forget I'm talking about rock chuckers, too. Don't forget I'm talking about Pharisees, too. Don't forget I'm talking about hypocrites, too. We just need to say no. Nancy, Nancy or Pat Nixon, I think it was, said, just say no. And never has been more true. For the believers. So this is a launching point for next week's message. How can we say no? As believers. How can we say no? Now. The finance committee. Is not going to meet on Tuesday night at seven. And say, okay. Dwayne. That's a pretty good message. Boy, boys, write down. We like that stuff. Write down the word of God. Let's give him a 10% pay raise. I'm not preaching this to make the finance committee happy. I'm not preaching this to make the deacons happy. And you probably figured out I'm not preaching to make you happy. I'm preaching it for two reasons. It is the word of God. And two, I love you. And I look around, I'll get on the floor with you. Because you know I'm not saying I've arrived. But I look around and I see a lot of decaying flesh. Sin is killing families, children, parents, husbands, wives, marriages, integrity, and character. And I love you too much. To give you some marshmallow word of God about how you ought to feel good about yourself. And smile. I love you too much for that. God loves you too much for that. Dwayne, what do we need to do? The Philippian jailer ran in that night after Paul and Silas had worshipped. He fell down his face before Paul and Silas says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What do I need to do today? Well, first, if you're here. And you understand that the wages of sin is death. And you are separated from God. Because there's never been a moment in time when you know you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You believed he died. You believe he died for you. He accepted and paid the penalty for your sin. And that you invited him into your life. Actually, your life became His. And in in doing that, you said, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I choose to follow you. If you've never done that, today is your day. Today is your day. I'm not offering you religion. I'm not. I will not offer you the Baptist religion. I will not offer you any religion. I will offer you a relationship with a living God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, it's worth it all. Brother Brent, we stand down here and I want to give you the opportunity. I'll have everyone bow their heads. You're going to be watching. I'm going to be watching and God's going to be watching. I want you to come down, take Brent by the hand, say, Brent, I want a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Can you help me? And we have some friends who can do that today. And you'll walk out here, no matter what you've done, forgiven of your sin and in relationship with Holy God, with the hope of heaven and help to walk in this world. Dwayne, what else do you want us to do? If you're here today, and as I've been talking, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to your heart. In fact, you might be mad. That's a sign there's something. You need to ask yourself, am I going to continue to just say yes? Or I'm going to say no. I love a story I heard one time about a Pat uh, Patrick, I can't remember his last name, I'm sorry was pastoring, preaching a pastor at a men's conference. And he said, some of you men here are having affairs right now in your wife. You need to get up right now and go to that pay phone and call your wife. I'm sorry, call your girlfriend and say, it's over. He said one of the biggest truckers he ever saw stood up. He just knew it was over. And the man turned and went to the phone followed by hundreds at a men's conference. Today, you need to say no. However, that you want to do that is when you and God, you may want to come here and pray. You might want to pray there. And it could be, as, I almost said as small, but there's no sense as small sin or big sin. It's sin with bigger consequences. If you've got a trouble with your gospel and tongue, If you've got trouble with your judgmental spirit, if you've got trouble with porn, alcohol, drugs, there may be somebody I've missed making mad today. If you've got a problem with what you eat, your body is the temple of God, and you are slowly killing your body, that's sin. Did I say that in a Baptist church? I mean, our drug of choice is fried chicken. You say, God, it's time for me to address this because it's sin. It's offending you and it's hurting me. Today, it ends. Would you bow your heads right there? Father, in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ, I come to you. Father, first and foremost... For my friend who is here today and who has never met Jesus Christ, may today be their day of salvation. May today be the day when they're set free from eternal death and brought into eternal life. Give them the faith to believe that Jesus is the only way, the only life, and the only truth set someone free from their sin today and father for us we your people your church I am not sure how we became so cozy with sin I just don't know but father we've allowed it and we see death all around us your heart our heart is grieved father the death of things that we see I'm grateful that you are a resurrection God. Even resurrecting marriages on the brink of death. So Lord, help us to say no today to the very things that are killing us. To the very things that are hurting us. Give us that boldness and that courage. May you be glorified in our decisions today. And Jesus, I pray this in Your precious name. Amen.